I wish we could somehow translate what we just saw into being our audio intro because that was delightful. <laughs> he is nothing but delightful. Steve, give it's us the intro. four hours of play a day. That's right. We've replaced Matt with Matt Sr. Hi, this is Matt's dad, and I'm introducing the RSL show. What the RSL, Steve? What's the name of your podcast, Matt? <laughs> Steve! Alright, I can take it. Hold on. <laughs> Unreal. This guy. Did anything, did anything happen while I was away from my desk? This guy. <laughs> Alright, let me just uh, yeah, slide and saw, close this door. We saw your dog. Your dad's dog? <laughs> Not your dog. That's it. That's all that happened. Just then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Welcome to uh, episode 44 of Off the Crossbar. Off the Crossbar. Not including Steve anymore. Anymore. True story. I think that Steve's like, I think that's like his fifth appearance on this podcast. That's true. If we go across both iterations. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We should introduce ourselves. And uh, let me, let me do the the hard work there. Um, Kyle, say hi. Hello, my name's Kyle. Um, the other guy. Say hi. Hello, I am the other guy on the podcast. Uh, contrary to popular belief, he does have a name. I do. I've yes, since forgotten him. And uh, yeah, my name's Trevor. I've been here a long time. Way longer Second than me. Second I'm just... most appearances of all time on Off the Crossbar. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, for I'm sure. actually fourth on the appearance list. Yeah, you're you're coming up on on third though. Oh my gosh, I'm just watching uh, Philadelphia beat Atlanta pretty handily in Concacaf Champions League. Um, isn't well, that game that game's been over, isn't it? Yeah, three zero. I, I, it's halftime of the Cruz Azul Toronto game. Um, oh, are they like doing two one for Cruz Azul? Yeah. Um, should we start with uh, you know a frank discussion concerning recent events? <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's start there. That's why everyone's here. Okay. I know we don't have norm- many listeners normally. That's right. Um, but the extra press that's been given to us so kindly <laughs> by uh, our cross-state rivals. That's right. Because they're, I think they're in Harriman or something. And that's, uh, that's- Midvale. I've actually infiltrated their studio on multiple oh, occasions. So, so they're not Ooh. in southern Utah. That's so we not, have that's right. inside info. Mm. Yes, I've been there. I know I could take you guys there. I think it's generally locked, though, so we can go no. look at the door. Well, yeah, fair enough. If only we, we wait had somebody that works with security systems. Oh, as yeah. are you saying you'd compromise your morals for the podcast? <laughs> he, I'm just saying it would say it would be convenient. That's all. Yeah, that would be. That's nice. So, okay, something well, that's funny. Start, oh, sorry. I've got. I've got to say, I've got a new mic, and I sound totally different to myself. And it's very confusing. Do I sound like super different to you guys? You do sound a little different. Do I sound less wet, Trevor? No. <laughs> you sound still very wet voice. <laughs> Pretty wet, yeah. I've been working on trying to control my drool a little bit more, and uh, I guess it's, it's not, not working. like a literal wet. It's like, I don't know, when you're describing the sound of a drum, it can either be wet or it can be dry. Mm. It's just a characteristic of the tone. That's all. Oh, fair enough. It doesn't mean that I, I think you're drooling. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, I am a little bit, so. 
Yeah, well, but he did that's take just a the sort of pod we are. Yeah, that's right. It's true. My uh, so we were in Arizona, and I just took a long drive, and turns out uh, that's does wreak havoc on your ears. So I think I'm yeah. doing good now, though. Actually, we should just start with social hour because uh, I want to hear about Arizona. How was it? Oh yeah, yeah, it was good. It was. Uh, so we stayed in Mesa, Arizona. It's nice being, you know, having my second vaccination being past that two week oh, mark yeah. and being able to feel like I can safely travel again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge traveler, but, you know, we've got family down there and it's good to go see them. Um, and, it, you know, it was it was too hot. It's like 95 <laughs> degrees most of the time. Yeah, it's and the day we left, April. it was like low 60s. Really? Which was nice. Like I could That's deal with nice. that. Um, yeah, but that is not it, the weather we had most of the time, which is yeah. frankly too bad. Um, other than that, uh, the I think it, I have to Google it, but I Current. believe it's called the Boyce Thompson what? Arbor. Yeah, Boyce Thompson Arboretum. In Ar- what's Superior, an arboretum? It's, a, it's where like they a, have trees. It's like a tree museum. Okay. Um, it's if like we an look outdoor tree museum. Etymology for arboretum. Uh, we have arbor meaning tree, and then arboretum meaning a place with trees. Okay. Which well, hang on. Arboretum is part of the etymology of the word arboretum. Yeah, I'm really confused, but I guess it came straight <laughs> from Latin. So, like, I mean, that kind of works. <laughs> the two words that make up arboretum: arbor and arboretum. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best etymologies I've seen. Uh, anyways, it was really lovely there. Uh, so, if you ever find yourself. Uh, two hours outside Phoenix in a town called Superior. Uh, there are two things you must do, uh, unless you're Kyle, in which case there's you should just leave one. Is the number one, and then number two. No, that's three. Oh, okay. Oh, there are three things. Wait, unless you're why Kyle can I only do me, one of them? You, you'll find out. Okay. Uh, so the Boys Thompson Arboretum, really lovely. Oh, it's going to um, be some like ice cream place or something. Huh? It was a great place with trees, and I really appreciated the trees. I love trees. Um, from all over the world, actually. They, so they had a South American exhibit. It's not like an exhibit. It's like a a grove or a lot of groves, a lot of interesting uh, desert plants. Um, I'll, uh, yeah, I'd say I'd post them on the show pod account, but we don't have one. So uh, just post them, uh, uh, do a blog Google post it. on Soapbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why you should visit this Boyce Thompson Arboretum when you go for preseason 2022. The next time you do like one of your articles where you just uh, maybe at the salt, that can be one oh, of your yeah. positive things. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah that's go. good. Um, second thing, and Kyle, I'm sorry this isn't for you, and it's not for me either, so it's too well, bad. I'm listening. Um, but there is a tortilla factory there that oh. makes the best flour tortillas. I have been told I have never tried them because <laughs> I am yeah. afflicted. Yep, that's right. Um, yeah, so uh, that's that's Superior, Arizona. And uh, that's, that's, that's really the nice. long and the short of my trip to Arizona. Trevor, and what's here going I am on? At my parents' house. Yeah, so you do the double uh, parent visit, right? You do yeah. the uh, Southern Utah and then the Arizona. Nice. Yep, exactly. Not bad. Trevor, what's been going on uh, with you? Um, Not much. I started watching Ozark. Did I tell you guys I started watching Ozark? Yeah, you Ozark? did. You mentioned that. Yeah, started watching Ozark. Um, good show. Really good show. I was talking to my roommate about it um, yesterday, and I made some predictions, and he confirmed that they're probably not true, but <laughs> just <laughs> nice. about like the plot and what's going to yeah. happen. But uh, no, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
pretty much again same old same old it's been matt it is currently 50 degrees in Provo, that's, utah that sounds nice it's and, been lovely here today. yeah it's been gorgeous really i can deal um, with that been watching a lot of cubs baseball and turns out that they're trash so <laughs> we'll see how that goes but they the stat that i heard today was so they got shut out by the braves they lost five nothing this is their fourth okay. shutout of the year and they're like 25 games into the season last right. full season which was 2019 it took them 108 games to get four shutouts oh. and they've accomplished that in like 25 so it's gonna be a miserable year this year cubs fans cool. buckle up shutouts meaning getting shut out right yeah, they score okay. zero runs in the game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sweet. So that sounds them. awesome. I love love baseball. It's cool. Oh, man, Josie Altador looked terrible right there. Um, so let's see. With me, uh, oh, boy. Had a nice – I went to like an indoor dining restaurant for the first time in a long time on Friday, which is great. Got a little – cut some – tacos at Taqueria 27 with some friends that was lovely oh, nice um, i need to go back there that's one of the places i've really missed yeah yummy yummy stuff went to the one on holiday which is always a nice little experience because i love that little town center and holiday it's pretty good um i started this show called uh oh matt just went bye-bye but i want him to hear this so actually because i'm just curious if he's seen it but the tacos though were delicious i got let's see one carne asada wait two Two carne asada, two fish tacos, I think. And, and they were salmon that day. It was great. Um, they put little uh, French fries in their carne asada tacos. I really appreciated that. Um, let's see. So also, uh, Matt, I was about to mention uh, that I started a show called Hunters, which is uh, really – it's uh, – it's so the first episode – Okay, so the show has Logan Lerman in it um, and Al Pacino and – some other people I can't think of right now, but um, the first episode of this show was like an hour and a half long of like it for a TV show. It was crazy. So it was the pilot hour and a half long show. And it's about um, it takes place in the 70s. And it's about like kind of the infiltration and relocation of of uh Nazis within like certain ranks of the U.S. government and U.S. society, oh. um, and Logan Lerman's grandmother is killed. Um, he 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 lives with her, and he's Jewish, and his grandma's Jewish, and she's killed. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. The killer said some weird stuff to her before he killed her, and he was in the house and heard him say it. Um, so, and he knows it was very uh, personal and it turns out that, I mean, this is all in the first episode. So, and I don't really, I don't know much since I haven't watched the second one yet, but it turns out that she was part of this group of Jews who is tracking down these Nazis that have weaseled their way into the United States. And uh, the, a couple of, like, there's some examples, one in particular um, worked in the state department, but this is like it's a fictional story in the show, but like there is something really interesting with uh, the relocation of um, what's often been called the Fourth Reich, where a lot of Nazis ended up um, being able to safely relocate in the United States, which is really interesting. And there's a lot of strange uh, his history there that I think is worth learning about. So um, you said this yeah. was Hunters. Yeah, Hunters. Yeah, yeah I think that's okay. what it's called. I saw the trailer for that show. It's on Amazon. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. I saw the trailer for that and it looks incredible. Yeah. I mean, it might not, it might not end up, end up being, being good. Um, it was, I mean, it's an interesting show. I think the concept's really interesting. It only has 64 Rotten Tomatoes. I'm wondering why, like I, the average audience score is a bit higher. Um, but yeah, maybe it doesn't end up being good, but I thought the first episode was interesting. I mean, I'm not going to ever be like, oh, I think, I mean, I, I like to see Nazis get punched and stuff. So it's cool. Um, so I started that. Uh, also today, I um, <laughs> I did listen to the new uh, RSL show episode, which we will be talking about in a moment, but yeah, so um, they're all super hyped up on uh, caffeine that episode. And I really discovered today yet again, that I, and I know you two are also on the caffeine train, but I, my body no longer tolerates caffeine like at all, like uh coffee. Mm. Like I had, um, so I've been like at the beginning of the pandemic, I stopped drinking coffee and I started drinking tea like exclusively. And I, and I could drink like, black tea like i could have a single cup of like black tea or something like english breakfast or um earl gray or something and i, and I really like that and that's not like too much caffeine or anything but um i started drinking decaf like earlier this year and i because i just love coffee i think the taste of coffee is delightful and i was like i miss coffee very much i miss making lattes so i've been making like lattes at home using like a mocha pot and decaf um, and I usually get decaf from like three cups or blue copper or La Barba. Um, super good. But I ran out of decaf yesterday. And so today, and I, I have another bag of blue copper, just I can't remember what kind it is, but it's not decaf. I was like, I'll just have like, I'll make the same drink, but with this and it'll be fine because every once in a while I would have it. But like today, it just like hit me so badly. And I was just like feeling so sick and anxious like the whole day from a single cup, like pretty. I mean, it's a pretty concentrated cup of coffee on a mocha pot. But I was like, I was like, man, my body is just so not used to caffeine at all anymore. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. That was an interesting thing that that happened. And I, I don't get the hopped up feeling of caffeine. I just get super anxious i was like this is bad but then i uh i am gonna start doing um allergy shots because i have like a lot of allergies and um i went and did another uh allergy skin test skin prick panel thing i don't know if either of you guys have done that before once when i was 13 or 14 yeah I, I've, I've done it before it done. i haven't done it yeah, I've done it before, but I I did it again to just establish a new baseline. And it is like, I, I forgot how like, uh, I mean, they stab your back with like, these little needles like 60 times or whatever. And then with like certain uh, concentrations of um, allergens, like a lot of like trees and grass and like mold elements and like cat hair and dog dander and all this stuff. Um, and yeah, confirm that I do have a lot of allergies, but then also because I like introduced all those things kind of into my system a little bit, I just started feeling super awful earlier mixed with the caffeine thing. And I was just like, Oh my, this is the worst day of my life. Um, feeling, feeling good now though. I went and played soccer for a while after, um, I had a really good dinner, so it's all good. But, uh, I was like, man, I'm not drinking caffeine, caffeinated coffee, uh, again for a while. Um, I didn't realize cause I, I mean, I used to drink so much coffee constantly that was caffeinated like i would make like 
three lattes a day at work. Like I, and I could make a, like super concentrated coffee. I was never making like true espresso work, but uh, yeah, wild, wild that that, how different my body reacts to it these days. So your, your day started with the RSL show and just went down. To it from there. Is that what I'm getting? <laughs> Did I, I'm trying to remember if I made the, if I drank the coffee after. Yeah. But the RSL show. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about that real quick. Should we talk about the match before this? Uh, well, it ties into a little, like a little bit of it, which is funny because Trevor had, so, okay. We've got this friendly rivalry with the RSL show and Andy is framing himself as the master troll of all trolls. And Andy, uh, Andy made fun of my, my soccer cleats, my boots on the RSL show because they're really brightly colored, which they are. I like them a lot, but they are very brightly colored. It's bright, it's single color, but they, they are very bright. He also um, made fun of me for defending too hard on, on Andy, which <laughs> I'm going to do no matter what. So. That's right. That, that is absolutely right. Yeah, and Andy defended me hard. But um, so Andy has framed himself as the master troll of all trolls. And I don't know, Andy, I, 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 I'm now I'm just talking to you because I know you listen. I, like, I know you mentioned that like people were getting mad at you. And I don't know if you meant the three of us, but I think you're referring to Trevor. But the... <laughs> The the real the the long game troll really took place during you know a very heated match against Minnesota United in which we were all having a good time because we won but Minnesota was really mad um, and Andy I believe was in control of the RSL show Twitter account and tweeted you know after or, or um, after the match that he had a fun evening tweeting with everyone like a winky face or whatever and Trevor. What did you respond with? Did I respond to that tweet? Yes. Well, there there was what? a little more to that tweet. I feel like I, I definitely responded to a couple of tweets, and I don't know if well, I, I, the response you're, I'm you're, thinking of you're is very your your perfect tweet. I'm, I'm referring oh, to the one? perfect one. I thought I thought it, anyway. I tell you what I responded. I thought it was to a different tweet. We can find it and look at it. But what I just basically said was respect the no. game. It wasn't it basic. It wasn't basic. It is that that's the tweet I'm referring to, but it wasn't basic. That would you say that's it? That's the tweet? It, no, <laughs> that's what the kids so, say, right? As like as soon as the game ended, Minnesota tweeted respect the game. That is all because of what was going on with Ochoa. Yes. So, so, and, so Andy Trevor tweeted that at Andy. Yeah, and then Andy said something about being disrespectful or just something. And so I just responded to that respect the game. That is all like the exact same tweet that Minnesota sent thinking that he would get it because Minnesota was tweeting about it. And he was just responding. But to Andy was too busy tweets. stealing tweets from RSL soapbox to notice that <laughs> he just didn't get it. I don't think, <laughs> no, I don't think he put two and two together there. I uh, know oh, that was that tweet was so funny that like that you said respect the game that is all and it was literally just a copy paste of what Minnesota said about Achoa and so I thought it was so funny but I think Andy thought you were actually mad because Andy was like um, Andy saying that people take his tweets too seriously and I was just thinking I think he was referring to your tweet about you know respect the game that is all which was amazing because it was just Minnesota's tweet so I thought yeah, it was I, I, thought I it was wasn't I wasn't mad at Andy like Andy. Kind of went hard in the paint on the tweets that night, especially <laughs> after the game, which is fine. Like he's having fun, we're all having fun. I know. And I was I wondering to join in on the fun, and I guess he thought that I was mad at him. Actually, mad. I know. So, so I, I wasn't. I thought. I don't fun. know if there's some other soapbox folks that are were actually mad at Andy, but Andy the the trolling is not. 
you haven't gotten to us yet. Even if you make fun of my shoes, it's okay. You got to get to get to me. Didn't know my name, and he called me the other guy. That was a little. Oh, Cruz Azul just scored again. I mean, it's not the only time that's happened in the last couple of weeks, Trevor. It really isn't. So that's fine. So uh, (laughs) every time you talk, I want you to start saying, "This is Trevor Brady." Every (laughs) single thing. Everything. Yeah. This is Trevor Brady. You're wrong. Every time I tweet, I'll be like, "This is Trevor Brady," and I think. He said, thank you for joining Salt Lake's premier, finest, best, only RSL podcast for tonight's win. <laughs> was fun tweeting with y'all. They sent, okay. they sent like three Sorry. tweets during the I game and then 100 tweets that. after the game. Oh, they made fun of our breakfast show. The thing oh, with RSL Soapbox is that we have so many great people uh, surrounding us that want to contribute that like... We're just we were just pumping out the uh, the content. We're pumping out this. We're pumping out the stand up. We're, pump, we're pumping out the game day breakfast, and then obviously the uh, third tier show off the crossbar, which is these three guys that we're that are on this call right now. So uh, yeah, we're and to we're, be clear. Uh, Andy was saying on the podcast, or Josh or Jake, somebody was talking about how they're just doing it for fun and they're just having fun, and that's how it's been the whole time them doing the podcast i want to make it clear like we're doing all this for fun too this, this is we're all just having fun i'm doing this for the I, paycheck but these two guys are doing this for fun oh, my kyle, name in the chat or my you. name on zencast right now is kyle voip so you know i'm in this for the for the money sponsor i'd also like to make one th- thing clear and that's uh this has only just begun that's right <laughs> we're about to step this up to a new level this this season and we're we, uh, we're ready. Can I fire? Ready are we are we tomorrow? about done with this? I've got to fire off an Andy roast before we. Oh sure, yeah. If you want to end it, yeah. I don't have anything to roast Andy on. I think he's a good producer. It is funny. I think his beef right now with uh, his his show with Jake and Josh because <laughs> of his recent interactions with Trey are pretty funny. I think Andy's becoming much more of a fan of Trey's podcast than Jake and Josh. But hey, that's not that's not my place to judge. You know, I'm just I'm simply a casual observer of uh, of this clearly splintering relationship among the three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I just wanted to just wanted to leave it with uh Andy looks like he reminds me of Chicharito, but if Chicharito's talent was taken by the Monstars. Oh, that's nice. Oh, oh speaking of which Chicharito is like Dude, a, he's on been fire. What? I heard there was some deal on the RSL show that involved Chicharito, but <laughs> Andy actually was. Andy said that if he scores more than five goals this season, he was going to quit, and it happened in two games, <laughs> which is so funny. Uh, yeah, but Andy did say he had way too much monster. His emotions were high, and that he hates slash loves me. So, um, he said, "I expect some major shit. Talk about me, please." So that was pretty good. We we. we uh, yeah, I've I've helped decorate their their studio, so hopefully they don't destroy my my artwork that's hanging in there. But it is beautiful artwork. Thank you. I really like those photos I took of. Uh, I think it's the Nick Romando ones. I, I, there are some other ones too from that really be, like the most cinematic looking game ever. I miss. I think about that game against Portland and that that playoff game very often. Um, and it's not just because I took really nice photos of Kellen Real after the game, but. I do think about Kellen Rowe often as as well. So yeah, he played for Seattle the other day. 
and was okay. Yeah, I mean, he's perfectly mediocre, I, I think. He's fine. I think he's fine at this stage in his career. I don't know. Um, but we should absolutely talk about the match because we had an actual RSL game to talk about. To, to, we have one to talk about. We had one that actually happened, and we played at Minnesota, in which I predicted a... So on this, on the podcast, I predicted a draw, but privately to some friends, I did say we would win 2-1. Oh. Well, so, that, that definitely counts. Yes. Yeah, that's I, I, did, I did the same thing privately to friends. I predicted a 2-1 win. I don't know why. It just seemed like the date. I did. The day of, I was like, I don't, I felt weirdly confident. Um, Matt, I know you predicted a 3-0 win on this podcast. I always will. Even when we're going to lose terribly. Yeah, and Matt only ever predicts 3-0 wins. It's easier. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Oh, and as part of my social hour, um, this oh, ties yeah, into yeah. the game. So we were driving. So Saturday, uh, um, Carly and I were taking um, my sister and her fiance to Antelope Island to take their formal photos for their wedding, which is in a oh, couple of weeks. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it was nice. Um, the problem, though, is that uh, it is right on the precipice of when all the like the bugs hatch or whatever on that island so there's like a there's like an early window where they start hatching and it's crazy um and we're in that window and we Mm. i knew it might be a problem but i was like okay i can't remember how actually bad it is so we went to we first went to like this popular spot called oh and the reason i say this is because uh it was like the, the first half was going while um we were driving so i had it going in the car um like wow, I, I was listening to it, um, and uh, we got to this main point called Lady Finger Point, where a lot of people were, and it's kind of a popular spot right by the entrance of the state park. And there were some bugs there, but I, it wasn't like you know too bad or anything. And we wanted to check out an, another spot first. So we went up to this other spot and called Buffalo Point, I think. Um, and I cannot describe to you how many bugs there were. Like it was. It was like the it was it was absurd. Like you could not keep your eyes open. It was they were just like in my hair. They were I was like there were there's no way we're taking photos here. Um, and so we were like trying to figure out what to do. We drove around a little bit and we're like I have no idea. Like if like we're not we might have to like do this another day. Like if this just I don't think this is gonna work. And then we went back to the original spot. And then for some reason there, there just like weren't any bugs. And then the weather was like perfect. It was like cloudy for, you know, part of the shoot, but like the sky like opened up a bit and we had really dramatic clouds and took some really lovely photos of them. So that was great. So the game was kind of going throughout all of this. So I was following on my phone and um, was very uh, pleasantly surprised. Should we talk about the lineup that we saw? Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. That's good. So, Should I talk about it? Do you want to talk yeah, about sure. it? Yeah, sure. I feel like uh, unless you, yeah, I mean, I could talk about it, but um, I, I hear my voice a lot. So you have a very nice voice. So. Wow, that's really nice. I hate yeah, you're listening welcome. to my voice. But oh. um, continue. All right. So uh, starting at the back, um, we were all pleasantly surprised that Trevor was proven right. Yeah. And David Ochoa did, in fact, Start the match, which uh, paid dividends in both meme ability and in our winning. Yep. So uh, that that was nice. Everything else was kind of as predicted, right? Uh, Of the major decisions to be made, 
Albert Rusnak did start on the right, uh, which meant we had Demir, Everton, and Pablo Ruiz starting, which, uh, Kyle, I know you've got some concerns over, so let's let's get to those. Yeah. On the left was Anderson Julio. Uh, well, and and he and Rusnak kind of swapped wings a couple times, so it yeah. wasn't a static thing. And, and Anderson I, was playing higher up the field than Rusnak ended up playing. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, up front was uh, who I have now dubbed Ricky Rubio Rubin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've made that mistake in my head like a hundred times. Yeah, I'm just. Ricky he looks Rubio like he could be named Ricky. He kind of looks like a like a Latin pop star, so I think he could be called Ricky. You know what I loved about Rubio Rubin is his post match interviews uh, are full of like every pro athlete slang you can think of. Really, I didn't um, listen to him. Uh, I'll pull it up while you guys talk about something else. I'm sure because that's the way we do things. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the lineup. Uh, what did you guys think of it? I thought it worked really well. We didn't really have like I I think the lineup played a lot more like a pretty much just like a straight up 442. Yeah. Um it didn't play like really like a 4231 really like Anderson was usually pushed up and it was usually like a two striker system is, is what it seemed like. Um and it worked. It worked really well. Yeah. We got a lot of productivity out of that we kind of countered a lot more than i kind of expected us to but it makes sense now that we have two fast guys up top and we're not trying to counter with demir and everton leading the way well and, and it also made sense because minnesota you know this was their home opener they are projected to be a really good team this year they made the western conference finals last year they got completely blown out the first game in seattle and they came in incredibly motivated and it required us um, to really absorb a lot of pressure early on. And we were, I mean, they were dominating. They were dominating in possession, I think, in the first half. Um, but not to a point where, I mean, there were some moments that were that were concerning. I think um, Marcelo Silva had a couple, like, Marcelo Silva-y things yeah. where he just, like... Just overcommits. Yeah, we're, we're lucky... Or commits or like there were there there was something at the end where he kind of just like or, uh, in the first half where he kind of just like stuck a weird leg out attempting to like block a cross that week we got lucky that they didn't bury there was a few things where I was just like oh that my gosh on the goal too right yeah the oh yeah their goal is one is another one but um yeah so we yeah as far as the lineup goes um. I am still really not convinced that playing both Pablo Ruiz, Everton, Ruiz, Everton, Luis, Pablo Ruiz, and Demir Krylock is a good idea together. Um, yeah, I've got some thoughts on that actually. Yeah, hit me um, with them. And that's that it. You know, parts of parts of it worked, right? Yeah. Um, but that part of it was not controlling the possession game. No. Which I thought was really interesting because, you know, with those three midfielders in like a, a nominally defensive setup, like you'd expect possession from them. We saw possession from them last year, um, but instead what we saw was like 30% possession in the first yeah. half, 35 maybe. It was, it was, uh, I think it kind of spoke to some of the problems that you have with it. So let's hear those. Yeah. <sighs> 
I mean, we know Demir's natural position. I like. I know he's he's really good at. He, he's a versatile player, and he's you know because of his size and aerial ability, he's good higher up the field. But I think where we've seen Demir be the best all around player is when he's in a more deep seated role next to someone like Pablo Ruiz. But at times Everton, Everton Luiz as well was a good partner for him. Um, uh, possession wise, like defensively, I think they got a little bit out of sync and I think he has a better partnership with Pablo, but uh, yeah, I noticed that as well that we just, <sighs> It's it's overly defensive, but not necessarily in a possession oriented way either, because and I don't really know what it is exactly. But I, I think when we have Albert on the field in the middle, I, I, like Albert, honestly, one of his biggest strengths is possession in the middle when we he actually gets the ball there. I think he's really good at like dropping back a bit and switching the ball. And I don't think. Either any of those three guys, maybe Pablo a bit has that skill set that Albert does when it comes to like bringing the ball, you know, controlling it and switching play. I think that's probably Albert's. That's one of the things he does really well, which is interesting because I don't think that's what we, that's certainly not what we brought him in for. Um, but when he's on the wing, he gets I think he gets out of play pretty, pretty frequently um, and he's not very involved in the buildup. So I in the. That's that's a, a primary concern. A secondary concern is that like when we bring in Bobby Wood and we're expecting him in the next few weeks, according to Freddie Juarez, he said couple weeks, but I thought that was pretty optimistic because I don't think his wife has had their baby yet. Um, and I don't know how used we should get to playing. Like, w- there's no way we can play those three guys: Pablo, Everton, and Demir, with Anderson, Julio, Bobby Wood. Albert um, and Rubio Rubin like that. There's that's that's one spot too many. And I think it needs to be Everton the be to be the person that's Everton's the odd man out in that. And I know I like I listened to Trey's like Trey and the RSL show did a really good episode together where Trey was talking about how you have to get those guys on the field together. But I just don't see how you get Everton in there with everyone else. And so I think I've, I've got an idea on that. Sure. Um, we can kill two birds with one stone and we can play with one center back. Then we have two backups for that position. <laughs> I was going to say, if you say three center backs. No. <laughs> you know what we should do is play like a, a four. Well, okay. Like the classic like um, Utah rec league where you have a sweeper stopper. I think Everton could be our stopper. So we're playing with like a three back, but then Everton in front of them, which is kind of like a center back, but the center back and the sweeper play inverted. So we got to play a sweeper stopper. Uh, I, it, it sucks though, because I, I mean, I wish Everton could play center back or something because yeah. I can't, I can't deal with Marcelo Silva for much longer. And I know we're looking, I know we're trying to bring in center backs, hopefully in the very near future, but I cannot, I, I I already know that's going to be the hardest part for me to deal with this year. And I know like thinking about what we had last year with, with uh, Nedum and glad I I, like, I've, I've missed that quite a bit. Even Nedum and Marcelo together were, were better. They like Nedum just like makes people around him a lot better. And, Justin Glad and Marcelo Silva, 
don't have that type of partnership at the moment. And I don't think they're going to, unfortunately, but, um, yeah. So anyway, so like we were, we were getting worked a bit on possession and I, and I expected that to an extent because of how desperate, you know, Minnesota was to come out and win the game. So they, they were attacking quite a bit. I didn't expect us to dominate, but I was a little bit frustrated with our midfield three, um, being unable to, uh, you know, control possession at all. It seemed like we were, um, really struggling on that front. The good thing though, is that now we have a lot of really fast guys, uh, namely Rubio Rubin and Anderson Julio, who are really good at counterattacking football, apparently. And, um, so our first goal came uh, really nicely off of a, <laughs> they had a corner kick and we had like a little bit of a half clearance and they had a dude that was kind of like halfway outside the 18 to, to midfield. And he just like blasted it at our defensive line and it just ricocheted out so hard that like all of a sudden we had five on three counterattack and we were just on the break it was really nice. Anderson Julio brought the f- ball out the majority of the field. He tried to play a pass across to, I believe it was Everton, and it was slightly like deflected. Um, Rubio Rubin picks it up, gets fouled. The ball falls right to Anderson Julio, who just drills it top oh, right corner. Such a perfect goal. It was so yeah. nice. Really good. Especially in like, I mean, um, yeah, like there are guys who, and the RSL show that we listen to today obviously they talked about like you know people were upset and mad about you know us bringing in anderson julio there was one guy in particular they were talking about and people have the same concern about bobby wood but like i mean first of all i'm i'm happy we brought anyone in this offseason didn't expect that almost at all i wouldn't have been surprised if we just ran a monarch squad mixed with our last year's team like i was fully expecting that type of thing um so we have anderson julio who is looking to i mean needs some redemption and he just scores like an absolutely delightful goal right out of the gate right there on that counterattack. And it was, would you say it was a banger? Is that what it was? It it was, it was a bit of a banger. Trevor, would you say it's a bit of a banger? The first one? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I thought for sure he was going to sky it. Like, (laughs) I mean, like, you know, I'm kind of pessimistic and I, I, I'm not the guy that Jake was talking about, but I was not super high on the Anderson Julio signing. Right. You know, just because of his track record over the last year or two in Mexico, which yeah. I think was a little bit fair, but no, no I, I was fully expecting him yeah. to, to sky it. And it was a great goal. Um, yeah, no, I was just looking it up. I should have looked this up before, but he had, guess how many shots he had that game? Two. Okay. Uh, three, four, two, two. Both of them were on target. Both of them were goals. And as the RSL nice. show pointed out, that's more, that's as many or more goals than Corey Baird had last, uh, as many. last season. Did he have two last season? He had two last year. Now, granted, yeah. I mean, it was the shortened season and all that crap, but he you had, know who two, else all had two goals last year. Who? Albert Rusnak. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, and seeing how stoked Anderson got after the, that, just that first goal was made me so incredibly happy. Um, and, as Dunny would say, fair play to the referee who um, allowed play to go on right there after the foul on Rubio Rubin, which honestly I'm not fully convinced it was a foul. Kind of looked like he got ball no, there, was. but um, no, it was a foul for sure. All right, well, you know, either <laughs> way, fair sides play. With the referee on this, so I guess yeah, I'm that's not right. He, the referee got it right regardless. Um, yeah. 
Anderson buried it. And then uh, our second goal, did it come after? It was after halftime, right? Yeah. No, it was before. Uh, I'm looking at right match uh, 41st minute. Uh, yeah, it was right before halftime, which was amazing. So another, like, I think Achua, um played it nicely out of the back. And then um, they... <laughs> I can't remember the dudes in it, like Gleason's or something out of some dude Gaspar. on Gaspar, Gaspar or whatever. Chase uh, Gaspar, right? Yeah. Gaspar. It, was, it was either Gaspar or Boxall. I'm pretty sure it was no, Gaspar. No, it was Gaspar because he messed up screwed on up. both. He, yeah. It was his fault on almost both goals. <laughs> so he it. played, he played like a really bad back pass. Oh, just and, the worst back pass. Yeah. And we have two incredibly fast guys. Normally that would have been like Demir chasing that ball down which he probably wouldn't have got to. But instead it was Rubio Rubin who just like turned out, he hit the freaking NOS button in his skyline GTR uh, from too fast, too furious, and then just shot down the field. And then, and he brings it in into right about the corner of the six and played just a fantastic square ball right to Anderson Julio, who buried it again, who also, uh, like on that on that play, beat the right back or a center back down like to to be in that spot, just incredibly fast and quick and was right in the right spot. So it wasn't like he had just got lucky that he was in the right spot at the right time. He worked really hard, um, you know, getting getting there. So that was uh delightful to see our two new guys um connect like that. It made me it warmed my heart to yeah, you, the you nth know, degree. You know what was interesting about that for me? So MLS has a passing breakdown on their newly designed site, which I think is a great feature. And I love the idea of like looking at a passing diagram and being able mm-hmm. to like derive something. So like for example, this is not the point I was trying to make, but you can see that Everton Louise and Pablo Ruiz were in roughly the same position on average. So that either means they swapped sides or they both kind of yeah. shared the role. Um, one interesting thing, though, is it appears that it only draws the line for a pass uh, if there are at least two passes between players. Um, so, like, you can see that uh, one of our most frequent passes was uh, was Pablo Ruiz to Albert Rusnak uh, with 13 passes. Um, there is no line between Rubio Rubin and Anderson Julio. And presumably that's because that was the only pass that uh, went between the two of them on the night, which I just thought was like kind of funny. Um, that's one for one. That's a hundred percent success yeah. rate. Every time although, Rubio uh, passes the ball to Julio, it's a goal. So let's just although, keep that up. Uh, Rubio did get uh, or two assists on the night. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know exactly how that happened. Oh, Maybe they gave him the assist for that, for that other one. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't, I'll Bot be honest, I, don't has it. It. I don't know if MLS has it, but Botmob yeah, says they do. he assisted both of them. That's so interesting. I mean, huh? They must. I mean, it's the the tackle on him, the ball, like we did go off of him. I, I'm surprised that they actually gave that as as an assist, but that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, uh, who assists. So they the game, they right? say that he only had one. There was only one pass between the. The two of them, except he did have two assists to... uh, Yeah, it doesn't show it. So I'm guessing what that means is there were no passes the other direction or uh, something like that. Anyway, like, they clearly had a good connection. They had a good understanding. Um, Right. And, like, I'm a big stats guy. um, And 
I think those are really interesting stats. And I love seeing a chart, but like it's not mm-hmm. it's not going to capture that, um, despite it being pretty great. Uh, while we're talking about Rubio Rubin, um, I did want to pull up one of his quotes, which I've got right here. I'm just going to read this because I think it's great. Uh, For me, the most important thing is to come out with the win, to do it away from home in this kind of stadium and in our first game to get our legs under us and come out with the win was very important to us. Pretty normal sports quote, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The rest is just what comes with the game. I was able to get two assists and help the team get those goals. But ultimately, the whole team put in the shift to get the W. We're just ecstatic to go back home and play our next three games at home and come out with a result of a dub. That's right. There we and go. I just think that's a great... Uh, He's a like, freaking Zoomer is what he is. Yeah, it's um, weird. Yeah. I feel old. Rubio Rubin is tied for uh, most assists in the league with two. Who's, uh, uh, who's, up against, who's he up against right now? R. Leal for Nashville, C. Oh. Gutierrez for uh, Vancouver, and Z. Brault Guillard of CF Montreal. I, th- I think game. all those teams have played two games too, except us. So. Yeah, I was going to say Leal was uh, with Columbus, and he is killing it. He's mm-hmm. really, really good this year so far. I mean, it's no, he, games, uh, he's with Nashville, not Columbus, but is he with Nashville? Say- yeah, both yellow teams. Yeah, you're probably right. It's the yellow team thing. Uh, I'm, trust you. I'm both it, probably so. right and definitely right, unless MLS <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> uh, you can't always, you can't always count on them to get it right. So, Michael Bradley's leading the league in short passes. Okay. Brad Guzan is leading Wait, the league in long passes. Is Michael Bradley still playing? Yeah. Yes, he's I'm watching him play he's, right now he's on my with screen. Toronto still, if you can believe that. If you can, I can, but I'm still confused making why. millions of dollars. Well, because we've already okay. had. We're, Two we're red cards this. as well. D Jones of the New England Revolution and Chris Wondolowski. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny Wanda. is they, they list four players for each stat. And so they've got P. Aronson and S. Abdul Salam uh, as <laughs> both having zero. I don't know why they're they're listed in the red card. Yeah, that's alphabetical. Oh, Aronson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Double A. <laughs> a, A, and A, B. You're right. I just wanted to that's make a funny. real quick point. Michael Bradley sure. is still a really good soccer player. Like He, he, he probably... I mean, he's probably not aged out of the national team, but he's probably not going to get called up to the national team, right. which like, fine. He had his moment and yeah. he, no. you know, he was part of the Trinidad thing. So maybe that's fair, but he's still a yeah. good soccer player. I, no, it, I agree. In this last, um, I don't know about this Champions League game because I haven't really been watching it, but the one before where they, they basically fielded a USL squad, um, Toronto did in order to be, was it? Did they beat Monterey? I can't remember who they played last wow. round. Um, Michael Bradley was amazing. Hmm. Um, Good like for I, and I was I was incredibly surprised. And I watched both legs of of that series, and I was incre- like he looked like uh, Roma Michael Bradley. I was so surprised, um, and he's playing with a bunch of young dudes. So, uh, and I mean, yeah, I, like that's the type of player I I, I miss. I'll miss having like that. I mean, that's the type of player Kyle Beckman was. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just like that, that type of like commanding number six is just like the most yeah. veteran. Yeah. I love it. It's such a fun. Oh, I think Toronto just gave up a penalty. No, they didn't. It's so easy to build a team around. Yeah. A it's like awesome. That. I love it. Um, and we and should talk at some point about like what sort of player we can build our team around. Because I would have said, you know, two years ago, like that player is Albert Rusnak. 
Yeah, uh, but it's it's clearly not. Oh, well, I mean, I, like we I are now like, working to find a position for him. I feel like that's the problem. Is like I don't think we have that player. If we mm-hmm. have to say like who do you build this team around on this current roster, I think you have to say either Demir or Rusnak. I don't know yeah. that you can build a team around either of those two players. Like they're obviously no. critical components and they're great players, yeah, but no, I agree. they're not like that. That's what's frustrating. Is like, they're not a Kyle Beckerman. They're not like, you know, an obvious like, that spine player, right? If, if, if Demir wheel, yeah. consistently played as like a center mid, then I would, I would be more inclined to say that. But like the fact that he's moved around, you know, striker cam and like CM, I'm like, it's hard to say we should build around him when we don't yeah. even know what position we should play him in. And it's the same thing with Albert at this point. Like when Bobby Wood comes in, I I can't confidently say that Albert like I I don't I have no idea what's gonna happen. I, I think the obvious answer is that you have to drop Everton, but like I don't know if that's what Freddie's thinking. And the fact that I don't know that is like enough evidence that we can't that we aren't wholeheartedly building around either of those players and i think albert especially because he's in his last year of his contract and i which he's talked about right which is an interesting thing you don't often get players talking in mls at least that actively about you know being in the in a contract year yeah um so but it's a it's a weird situation we're in in that regard and he's got to prove himself i mean and we're in such a strange space with I mean, we there's potential for a new owner coming in and just like clearing house. Like, I, I yeah. don't think that's going to happen necessarily. I don't know. Like, I doubt the, I doubt a new owner would come in and get rid of Elliot and Tony. But like, maybe a new coach. Maybe. Uh, I mean, all those things are really up in the air. So, yeah. um, and without a name, it's going to be hard, right? Like, yeah, we can say, oh, Ryan Smith, uh, as for example, if he were to buy. Mm-hmm. RSL has been has been rumored for so long, yeah, as an option at least. And I still think he probably would keep it fairly honestly. fairly similar, right? Yeah, uh, he, I, I he doubt he would want to come in and shake jazz. things up too much. Yeah, he'd probably want to bring in. I don't know if John Kimball was planning on stick. I don't know what the deal is with him. Who knows? Um, yeah, but like, yeah, maybe a new GM wants to come in and shake things up. Who knows? Like maybe maybe director of football back. or. <laughs> yeah yeah i think um, it's it's interesting that you bring up the roost neck is in a contract year in the back of my head i knew that but now that i'm thinking about it what do you guys this is early days for this conversation but what do you think true. the odds are that we try to sell him before his contract expires i think it, it depends on what it looks like from an owner perspective if, if we July, right, or June. Yeah, well, in June or July, that's when he can sign a pre-contract somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. We've either got to think about extending him or selling him, or we're just going to lose him for free. Yeah, and it, it, we currently and a, do and not level, have the resources to, sign, to re-sign him, right? Yeah, a, a player of that caliber, like a signing like that, like what he was a few years ago, if we lose that for free... That's bad. Yeah. That's pretty bad business. Yeah, and it, it really so, reflects on Dula Hansen, right? Yeah. Also, it's it's fascinating that we. So he, it, you know, you hear a lot in European soccer about like a player being in there having two years left, and that being kind of the critical point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Where you got to make a decision. In in July, like before July twenty twenty. Uh, before Deloitte Hansen opened his mouth, 
uh, for the millionth time and ate it or <laughs> ate his own foot. There we go. He didn't eat his mouth. That's weird. Right. Um, like that deal should have been done before then. Yeah. Um, and that, that for me is on Deloitte Hanson. That's not on, I mean, you know, unless, unless of course, Albert is next. I, you know, I'm not interested in signing a new deal right now. Um, but, but you know, we, Which, don't, yeah, we don't have I mean, all we, the details, we, but it's a weird one. Yeah, it, it is weird. But I mean, as the team sits right now, it, it's got to be on a whiteboard in Tony or Elliot's office. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's they're, on they're a priority both smart list. guys. They get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm but, sure. It's like I said. It's just not something I thought about now, and now it's totally going to be something that. So, as we get closer to the middle of the season, we're going to start talking about a lot more. And Two maybe things. that helps solve problems. Yeah, it does. And two things. I think that uh, I don't think that we'll sell him before his contract is expired. I just don't see that happening. Um, because like you said, generally when that happens, it's a bit before this. Now that we're with like under a year, it seems like it's just it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. The other thing, though, is that we're paying him too much for what we're getting out of him. And for that reason, I think that he we're either i mean if we do resign him it'll be for less because output has gone down since his first two seasons yeah and if we don't like we're not going to pay him the same amount of money so he's either going to leave or sign for less and i don't think that he it's going to it's going to come down to whether or not he wants to remain in the united states because no one else here is going to give him the amount of money we're paying for him yeah, I was gonna say and if he's making two million, he can. I think a million from us. He might, might be still able to get half much. of what he's making. It it, it would be for, based for, on his in, output in MLS, right now. That's still way too much. He would have it is to be like a he's a ten player. player at most, right? Yeah, at most. No, he, so it, it would be so easy for him to get a million dollars in Holland or Italy or. Yeah, so he might go back to Holland or something. He might like. I, I just don't see him. Yeah, there's no way we'll pay him. Half, like we might pay him half wants, of what he's right? making now, but like I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with it is so like the way this roster is coming together is um, is so interesting with the way it impacts him in particular and the fact that he is being moved around positionally. But he, I mean, he does. Uh, interestingly, he does have the captain's armband this year. Demir, I'm assuming, didn't want it because. <laughs> He's Demir. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, and theoretically, that puts more pressure on Albert. But and I mean, Matt Justin Glad is number three for whatever it's worth. That came out in the broadcast. Yeah. yeah. So if that's considering all that, that he may not be here next year, or yeah, he right. may we may have to try to sign him for a lot less money and convince him that that's a good idea. Is that the player you want to build your team around? No. For this season? <laughs> like what what does that say about how you build this team and put a team on the field? So so the other thing, like the other what does that say question I have is like what does it say about Ray also like that we've put the armband on a player that uh very likely will not be here at the end of the year, if not sooner. Like is, is the armband actually important? I guess it's the first question, but I have an Trevor, answer to that. Go, go, the go, answer go. is the armband is only as important as like the team makes it or the fans make it. I personally don't care about the captaincy, or at least for RSL, um, especially this year. There are times when like it matters and 
it's like when it was Kyle, that made a lot of sense. Kyle was captain yeah. for a long time. He'd been with the team forever. It kind of means something when it's on somebody and like, like Kyle. And like Demir refused to take it at some point saying yeah, Kyle's be, our captain. Exactly. Like I'm not taking it. Despite I don't think there's – Kyle not being played by Freddie Juarez. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything – anybody on this team this year that like you can give the captaincy to and it would like mean something except for maybe Demir. But we know that Demir either doesn't want it or – the players don't want to give it to him. I think you know it's, I, mean? I think he doesn't want it. And the, the, like what I see at meeting this year is a challenge for Albert. Like this is his year. Yeah. This is his last chance to prove himself. And that is whether it means something to the fans or not, who's the captain. I think what it means to this club, or at least from Freddie Juarez down to the players is that we're putting our faith, like Albert, this is your like chance to prove that you're, you know, worth what we pay you we're, that we, that you're worth keeping around after this year. I think this is the last chance he has to prove it. And, and if, I think that that is just quite literally a piece of fabric that's signifying that we're putting our like, this is like the last, this is the last chance. Well, if that gives him a chance to argue with referees, which yeah, is interesting, yeah. like watching Kyle Beckman argue with referees for so long, like he's, he's yelling, he's pointing, he's very angry. Uh, Albert Rusnak looks more just disgusted. Uh, throws his hands up and walks away. I know, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's great. Um, Speaking of, so one thing that we talked about a fair amount uh, over the last year or so was something that Onwaha said to him about, uh, you know, be be that player, right? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You've got the skill, prove it. Yeah. Um, And that really is just a way for me to segue into a tangent uh, that I was listening to Sirius XMFC on my drive and did hear a an interview with Netum uh, on one of their, their numerous shows, the name of which I've forgotten, Gab and somebody show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it, was, it was really interesting to hear him talk about uh, coming to MLS and comparing that to the Super League um, and talking about how the lack of relegation sometimes meant that teams and players didn't care if they won, um, I, he was talking about uh, how there were two teams interested in him. Uh, he actually did a lot of research to see who had international spots, which oh, is amazing. Um, I would never think like a player is responsible for that. Right. Adam is clearly a, a different sort of player. So that that isn't unusual for him, but is unusual for most players. The other team he almost went to was Orlando City. Um and he looked at them and that they were giving up three or four goals a game. And his decision was made for him basically by that. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, and, and just a tangent, but uh, I wanted to talk about that today. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I think about that conversation every time, like I feel disappointed or frustrated with Albert. I think about the conversation that he had with him um, that Natum had with Albert. I think also I, I, I know Nate was on the Claret and Cobalt podcast or whatever, bleeding Claret and Cobalt. Yeah. Um, and I think he mentioned that he had an offer from LAFC as well. And, oh, interesting. And chose to come here. So I like he will always be one of my favorite RSL players. I mean um, he helps save this club, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um yeah, he cemented himself into this club's history as much as like uh, many other people have but um 
Yeah, I think about that conversation that he had with, with Albert all the time about how like we know like Albert was very explicit with his goals, and I, I don't think anyone is under any illusions thinking that Albert, you know, sees himself of, of sees himself as someone who wants to succeed in European leagues, and that's that's a completely understandable goal, especially from someone you know sure, from yeah. Europe has played in Eredivisie and. Um, like he he his goal should be to play in UEFA Champions League. That should absolutely be or the Super League. Just kidding. Um, but and I think about you know like Albert. I mean Nadem calling him out for that. And I I mean one of the things I'll miss most about Nadem is that I feel like he was very I, I, the fact that he was willing to do that on the podcast. I'm sure he was you know way more intricately involved in those conversations intrapersonally in the locker room. And so. I and I think he did his best to light a fire under Albert, and unfortunately, that came before like the weirdest season in MLS history. So it's hard to judge anything by what happened last year. So, um, but yeah, I think about like those. I I don't know if you're Albert, how you could get the the, the things that Natum said out of out of his head. Like if if someone told me that type of thing, that basically like, you know you've told me your goals and what you're doing right now, you're under, you're underachieving and everything you're doing right now isn't good enough. (laughs) And that like, in order to achieve your goals, you have to be way better than what you're doing right now. Like, I don't think I could ever get that out of my head. So I know if I'm Albert, assuming he's like a normally functioning human being at some level, I know his car is disgusting, but like, I know he's like at least a person who has thoughts and emotions and stuff. I would think about that constantly. So I also think about that constantly and I'm not Albert. <laughs> and I think every time I see him on the field, I'm like, yeah, like I think about Nadem saying those things. So hopefully this year is finally the, you know, whether or not he gets voted off the island is this is this year. So yeah. we'll see if the Tiki speaks. We'll see how the Tiki speaks. I feel like you're referencing a TV show, but I'm not sure the which survivor. one. Oh. The Tiki has spoken. And then, Do they actually know, have like a talking Tiki torch in that? Wasn't that like early seasons? They had like a thing that was like. That's amazing. Yeah, no, like it's, a, it's like a Tiki torch. And Jeff Probst would like have like a spoon kind of thing. Oh. And he would. Because like each, like does each this contestant had their like own weird Tiki torch. Territory. Yeah. They had, each had their own Tiki torch. And, and he would bring their Tiki torch up and be like. The tribe has spoken, and then he would put a spoon or whatever the hell over it, uh, and it would put the flame out. So then uh, they had to leave. That you know, wasn't like funny. a talking flame. <laughs> no, it was like, like, a, like a literal flame. So yeah, uh, it is a literal flame. I was thinking, uh, or I, when I was looking for shows to watch. Yeah, yeah. When I was looking for shows to watch yesterday, when I before I came across Hunter, I was on the TV Time app, and it was like giving me shows, like recommending certain shows, and it recommended Survivor to me, and it was like. 41 seasons yeah, or something oh, like that. I was, gonna, I was like, I was going to pose what? the trivia question of what season they're on. Is it right 41? Now. Yeah. 41 or 42. Oh, I, I, I didn't That's know if it was, that was the exact number I saw, but I remember just, I was like, <laughs> yeah, imagine insane. me at this point, just deciding I'm going to start survivor from the beginning. <laughs> just <laughs> 41 seasons. Yeah. I hope they don't break continuity at all. Imagine being like somebody that wants to be a contestant on survivor season 42. Yeah, if that's you, please uh, tweet at us. We'd love to hear it. Oh, um, should we should we talk about players that should have got the armband? Um, because I yeah. think it's a good point to transition into one of the other major players from this match. 
Um, and Trevor, I'd like you to talk about this other player that should should probably be wearing the armband for Real Salt Lake. Are we talking about David Ochoa? And that's David Ochoa. <laughs> Clearly the most mature player we have. Oh, absolutely. No, here's the thing about David Ochoa. There's a couple things that we <laughs> should talk about. Do we need to give like a recap of what happened? Yeah, let's pretty talk much about everybody what already knows what happened, right? Well, I, I, so normally I want to give these type of recaps for my mother, but I did see her on Sunday and we watched and we, t- we talked about what happened and we watched what happened with like um, my sister and her fiance and everything. Um, but yeah, David Ochoa, uh, you know, towards the end of the game was doing very CONCACAF things. This man was forged and birthed within CONCACAF. <laughs> he was made, he was, he was raised to, and built to play in CONCACAF he's, at an international He's the Batman level. of CONCACAF. That's right. The Bane. Oh, Bane, that's yes. the guy. He's he the Bane of CONCACAF. The he, he is, yeah, I mean, he was molded by CONCACAF <laughs> and he was every time he was taking a hit and he did take some hits from from minnesota they they clattered into him a few times he he drug each one of those out as long as he possibly could um and of course second half of the game against minnesota so we we were up to zero they score a late goal with i think probably five minutes left minutes left yeah and um yeah five minutes before stoppage 10 minutes total probably uh before the end of the game and he just starts you know uh, wasting as much possible time as he can as soccer players do as you do in situations like this and he's doing this right in front of the supporters group um, right in front of the wonder wall as Minnesota United calls uh, their uh, supporters section I also it's, hate Oasis I'm not sure why but I hate it's him fine. it's fine <laughs> I think it's fine <laughs> I, I have I I have like a I have a friend who I have like an internet friend who lives in Minnesota that we became friends a long time ago because we both supported Liverpool during like the Brendan Rodgers era and we Oof. Um, it was it was awful Speaking and we would always talk about and fire yeah I, things were just really <laughs> bad there for a while um, so like we've been friends for a long time and he's a Minnesota fan so when they got an MLS team I was very happy for them and I, I've always like I liked you know I liked uh, the Loons when they were in NASL. Uh, I think is that yeah. what they were in? I that's, what they, that's what they were in when they yeah eliminated yeah. us from the cup that one year. That's right. Oh, and I, I, I've always man. liked them. I thought they're fine. I like the song Wonderwall. I like Oasis. I like when they sing it after games. I think it's. I, I've always liked that. But apparently, I hate them now. And um, so David Ochoa does this in front of the Wonderwall, and they're yelling things at him, and they're uh, you know I'm sure saying things to him about how he messed up to essentially get the United States eliminated from Olympic qualification. Yeah, and which you could is, hear some of that on the broadcast actually. Yes. So I watched with headphones in, so I, I got some pretty clear audio. Plenty of people chanting like ACL. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk of potentially a homophobic slur levied at him at some point. Uh, yeah, so, so plenty of plenty of uh, banter. Yeah, and apparently the supporters the group had to tell some people to stop saying certain things, which is uh, good that they did that. But yeah. I did see some stuff on Twitter about how you know people. Uh, in response to what ended up happening, people like they were saying that there were some people in in that in that group who were saying really awful things, which of course happens and is bad. Um, and uh, so David Ochoa, uh, after taking this feedback from <laughs> the fans right behind him, we end up winning this game two one. And then after the game, he does a very lobbed drop kick of the ball into the stands um 
something you see players do all the time after a win, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like it was, it was, so, yeah, there have been players that have like kicked balls into the stands. And oftentimes, like you say, like after a win, sometimes a ball gets kicked into the stands. And it's not like a drop kick from four feet away into somebody's face. It's like from 30 yards, it's just like a punted ball up in the air and sometimes it lands in the stands. This happens. This is not an unusual thing in any version of soccer professional soccer there are times there have been times in mls where guys have done that where they've kicked a ball from very close to the fans into the fans and they get fined and suspended and it's a big deal and this Wayne was Rooney not did that once right i yeah. just i think there's a great Probably? Wayne Rooney story where it was an accident where he, he didn't mean to and he he broke some kid's arm or something and yeah. felt really it, bad it's it, a great I mean, story it's also seen players in in mls do it out of anger and yeah. just yeah. like be on the sideline and drill it directly into the crowd yeah and this was not that he's 20 to 30 right. yards away and he boots it up into the air it probably lands in row you know p or whatever 20 into 20, a safe, stands safe standing supporters yeah. group so it's fine. It's not that big a deal. He kicked the ball. I understand that that's going to make people upset. And like, yeah, that's fine that you get upset. You don't like that. That's a reasonable reaction. But everybody was so mad about it for so long. And Adrian Heath. Um, <laughs> this is the best part. Said some stupid stuff. Um, Adrian Heath is tr- doing a very good like Jose Mourinho impression right now where he's just talking about anything to distract from how bad his team has been the last two games. And David Ochoa was it. Like David Ochoa gave him a perfect excuse to just distract from how bad his team is. And that's really all it was. And (laughs) Twitter loves it. Um, RSL fans and Minnesota fans alike went bananas about this whole thing. And the one thing that like I kept seeing over and over on Twitter from like Minnesota fans was like, well, what if it happened to you? You would be upset. You wouldn't like this. And to be honest, like if that happened in our stadium, if Minnesota came in and beat us and we've been playing horribly and their guy kicked it into the South end. And I've been thinking about this. There's really only two reactions that I would have. And one is like kind of happy that we got under his skin. Cause like we, we've done sure. that with players. We've done that yeah. with goalkeepers. We've gotten oh, under their skin. We had John Bush flip off the entire section 35. We've had, um, we got under Michael Harrington's skin all the time. Oh yeah. Harrington. Uh, Like, and it's, it's fun. You feel like you're doing your job as a fan when that kind of thing happens. So like, honestly, I would think that like, good, we got under his skin. So there's no one was hurt. Nothing, nothing bad. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be mad at him. For do because he, he's not hurting anybody. It it simply isn't hurting anybody. Yeah. The only no, other reaction totally. I would have is just that, like, okay, he's a clown and he needs to grow up. <laughs> like, yeah. Which we can have that reaction a, anyway. Yeah, like yeah. it's a childish and it's move, and it's just it is immature. But that's it. That's all it is. It's just being childish, and I mean that's kind of who David Ochoa is. We've seen this before. He like he antagonizes people and I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. So I maybe we either need to just embrace it because he's our guy and just love it or, you know, just realize that this is who David Ochoa is now. It might change in the future, but now he's still 20 years old. He's still a kid. He still gets emotional. And yeah. sometimes these things happen and that's who he is. 
Does he need to yeah. grow up? Does he need to mature? Yeah, probably. But mm-hmm. until he does, like, he's 20 years old, guys. Relax. Yeah. yeah. He's so not hurting anybody. He's just guys. being a villain. That's sure. it. Yeah. And we need a villain because we don't have Kyle Beckman anymore. Everyone's too nice. Um, yeah. Okay. My question for you guys. Um, do you think a proportionate... You, so if Freddy Juarez were to drop him on Saturday... Horrible. Do you moves. think that would be a proportionate reaction? No. Uh, do you think there's any chance of MLS uh, levying any sort of fine or sus- suspension is Maybe the second part of that question? I, I could definitely see them levying a fine of some kind. Not a suspension. I think it'd be ridiculous if they suspended him for it. Oh, yeah. Especially if it comes out. I wouldn't rule it out. Especially, I wouldn't rule it out either. I think maybe if I, I think that if it comes out that like it was in like him kicking a ball or whatever was in response to, you know, things that were said by fans in the stadium there, then I think he's probably less likely. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like, so they made a huge deal about this on Twitter. There were fans saying that he was that this was an abuse of the of fans. There were, um, I mean, Adrian Heath, when, I, dude, I, I got to read you guys like a reply. I got, um, oh, good, good, good. it was so funny. Adrian I mean, Heath's cause I quote was yeah. just great because let's be honest. Adrian Heath in MLS is a bad coach. He's had no, one he, postseason he, he appearance in the, in the easiest league in the nation to hit the postseason. Yeah. He has won in five and a half seasons. Yeah. He is what? Like a, th- 33% Ish, uh, yeah. winning percentage. Which, which, yeah, like there's wins, loss, and draws, but that's still bad. Yeah. He coached Orlando so, to be terrible, and Minnesota, he had some success last year, and that's the only success he's had. And he, he's been he's, given carte blanche to rebuild Minnesota, right? So yeah. it'll be yeah. interesting to see where they end up. And I actually think he's got them working pretty well. I think yeah, and they have some good bad, players but. coming in. Uh, they have a good uh, a good roster, and they've got some a couple of new guys coming in soon as well. Um, so I, you know, I, I I shared that video of him kicking the ball, and I thought it was I thought it was funny and great. I I just genuinely thought the response to it was so incredible. That Adrian Heath went on TV saying like he's got like, like you know he acts a lot for a kid who's not that good or whatever again coming from a coach who isn't that good and these are things that they're saying about a kid who just like who just you know made some key saves and just beat them like it felt like everything they were saying was everything that heath was saying was it just felt like he was trying not to talk about the fact that they're zero and two and they lost their home opener to a team that's projected to be last in the league exactly um and and so like I, I shared the video and my friend Alyssa said this is what people are mad about. I love it. At least the team has a pulse. And I said right. And then some random dude was like LMFAO. Good luck making playoffs. Fake wannabe thug. I'd own you easy. And I just said ha 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 ha. And he said you think you're a profile pick? Something to be afraid of. Live in such low life poverty ass shit place. Like I said, come back when you actually make to playoffs. And I said, this is chaos posting and I love it. But like I was in all these like really hilarious conversations. There like, were so many of those. Yes. Like, there so was, much there, chaos. Their fans were so upset. And like like when when we lose, I like I, I don't ever feel I, I, I don't know. Like I, I generally am like mad at our own team's performance. But like they were so upset at David and Shoah. Like so he, he quote tweeted, you know, uh, 
So RSL posted a picture of the boys in the locker room being stoked after we won. And David Ochoa is like, do be careful if you're zooming in on certain areas of that, by the way. Oh yeah. Everton is. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, there's a couple guys in towels, which is funny, but, but David Ochoa said, you love to see it. We keep going. Vamos. And then, you know, people shared, uh, videos of him, you know, making that mistake in the, in the qualifiers, which I mean, it was a very bad mistake and we should be very critical of. I think it's also funny thinking about how many insane saves he made throughout those qualifiers that like that game would have mattered if he hadn't like stood on his head against Costa Rica. But anyway, so, you know, they they were like, your, your goalkeeper pouted and kicked the ball at people because his feelings were hurt. And then he got booed by a few hundred people for rolling over the ground, like a child who stubbed their toe. Who's the sensitive one here. And I'm like, you guys lost. I don't understand. Like, like, all of this is so like such a moot point because they lost this game. And and like people are like, like, oh, like talk to us again in a few months. We've got like a, a League Un player coming in. Like talk to us like when playoff times uh, comes around. I'm like, guys, you don't understand that we are playing with house money here. Yeah, we do not have an owner right now. We're, the expectations for us could not be lower. <laughs> like literally any win this season is just is just sweet. And I like, if you would have asked me six months ago, what I would, I would have thought we might lose every game this year, but like any, any positive outcome this season is, is just pure joy for me. And I have zero expectations as far as making the playoffs, anything. This is like the most like pure year of RSL soccer that I can possibly enjoy because I literally have no expectations. So whether I'm sure I, I don't doubt that Minnesota is going to finish higher than us in the standings, that's probably going to happen. I do not care. We just beat them in their home opener <laughs> and that they really needed and wanted to win. And then they spent like an entire couple of days just whining incessantly about the goalkeeper drop kicking a ball into some stands that, were sparsely populated because of COVID. Like, and you you know you're uh, on the wrong side of complaining when Alexei Lawless is disagreeing with you. I it pains me <laughs> to agree with Alexei Lawless. Yeah, but Alexei's yeah. on our side here. Like he's yeah. like that's yeah, not a he good said, thing. They but call it the Wonder fine. Wall. I thought it was like the whining. It seems like it's the whining wall yeah. or something. I was like. The fact that I have to agree with Alexi Lalas on something right now, it, I mean, it couldn't it's have been like right? Adrian Heath wanted to go on TV and talk about anything other than the fact that his team is 0-2 to start the season, despite yeah. being projected to be like one of the top teams in the West. I, I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about that. So it's very easy to talk about David Ochoa when you just lost to a team that is RSL. So it's very yeah, clever yeah. from from him, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, he totally shifted the narrative that the team did a lot of work for him. And that for me is like the disproportionate reaction is like Adrian Heath can say whatever he wants. Fans can yeah. complain about whatever they want. They're going to. Um, we're not immune to that. Right. Yeah. We complain about all sorts of things. No, mostly that's, it's ourselves. And that, that's yeah, the other side but, of it is like from our point of view, like. Nobody's really – I haven't seen anybody like defend Ochoa or say like Ochoa had a right to do that and, you know, <laughs> like nobody's saying that. Like when people come yeah. out and they're like, that was disrespectful, that was unnecessary. We're, yeah, like it, it was. Yeah, sure. Was it immature? Yeah, it probably was. But like, you know, relax. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like Matt Doyle was like essentially trying to say like – well, one, that the kid was born to play in CONCACAF, but also the fact that like – 
you know, like it's really not a big deal. And he had so many insane replies and his, <laughs> on his, his tweets. His point was basically just like, this is fun. And it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't, if it was any other team in the league, if it, whatever it is, this is all fun. This is entertainment. And uh, yeah, I love it. I hope there's more of it this year. I'm looking forward to it. Go David yeah. Ochoa. He retweeted someone saying her name's Elise Rodriguez. She said, I feel like getting Alicia's up in arms great, about Yeah. I feel like getting up in arms about this is the equivalent of not following the secret rules in baseball. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Are there secret <laughs> rules in baseball? There's yes, unwritten rules in baseball. Yeah. Oh, I'll send you some gosh. videos. Wow. It's a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. Great. John Boy has a really good video oh, about yeah. some some of those. They're practically it's, back it's to absurd. preseason now. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. like it really is. Like who who cares, man? Like yeah, we're just the, the, we're having fun. We're playing. We're playing a game. Like, yeah. It's a game, guys. It's a game. The the reaction that still cracks me up is of the Minnesota players to rush over uh, like there had been a stabbing. Well, and, yes. Well, and the funny thing is, like the first player over to him was Hassani Dotson, who's like the U twenty three teammate of his. So you would think that like he's coming over there as like a friend to be like, hey man. That's not cool. And then the entire team follows. Yeah. He just like brushes Hassani off, just brushes him off and just yeah. tries walking around him. And everybody gets so upset. Even Adrian Heath was out on the field. I know. Trying and to chase him down. Dunny on the broadcast said like, <laughs> literally just like walk away. They're not going to punch you. And he's right. Like, yeah. <laughs> seriously, in that type of situation, the best thing to do is just smile and laugh at the other team that you just beat and walk off. Like there's Which, literally nothing better you can do at that moment. And that's what, most people on RSL were doing. There was a couple people that were like crowding around yeah. Ochoa just to like give him a buffer. And Aaron yeah. Herrera was standing there. There's a great shot of Aaron Herrera like standing near Adrian Heath, like looking at Adrian Heath. Telling him and to go away. Adrian's just like yelling at somebody and Herrera's just shrugging at him, just like, go away. We're, yeah. we're done. Like, what do you want? Go away. <laughs> Everton Louise was, of course, getting in some fights, which uh, oh yeah, of course but you'd expect, right? Somebody's got to, you know. There's got to yeah. be somebody on the team that yeah. starts yelling and like, pushing. Yeah, I mean, like when you compare it about to like things like you know our current assistant assistant coach like Pablo Mastroni, like what he did, like his his disrespect. Like, I mean, it makes the league fun, and I'm tired of. Pretending like everyone needs to be like perfectly good like, fans or friends and respectful to each other and like a yeah it's like it's not fun the league's better with villains um and like I, I mean it's not like he's like a Nigel Deong like breaking people's legs or something like that it's just yeah it's like come on like yeah, it's the, not that big of a deal it's not the even never can Louise tackle. I was no, going to say, the not. reaction to this, it might be worse than it was when Everton Luis got his red card against Seattle. It was, dude. It really was. Like, like That was only Rob Strong. Like free, Wait, Rob Strong or Rob, Rob Stone. Stone? Rob Stone. John Strong. John Strong. John Strong, sorry. Commentator. Rob yeah. Stone is the guy who said he Rob doesn't Stone want to see Everton play in the league out. ever again. Yes. He was like like... He was the only one really that was like that upset about it. I was like, yeah, dude, bad tackles happen. Like, yeah, it's okay. and he got a red card and he left. Like, yeah, that's that's yeah, what happens. It's not a big deal. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. <laughs> bad tackle. He paid the price for it. Yeah. This was just absurd. I was blown away how many people, how many Minnesota fans were so sensitive to this. It was so like mad. clearly have not been in the league long if they <laughs> thought this was like. I mean, you're really like showing your age there when you like really think that this was just this. 
like damning event. It just makes me think that no one has taken Minnesota seriously at all to like the point that they even felt like they were worthy of taunting of any kind. Um, yeah, wild to me. Right, Does this, well, uh, is this the beginning? This is going to be a stupid question, but is this the beginning of like another another RSL rival? Yeah, like we've got like yep. seven rivals in the Western Conference now, right? Oh, y- you know what? <laughs> you know what the most MLS thing ever to do <laughs> is to uh, for them to do rivalry? would be well to to find David Ochoa for that, and then tweet out a video of him kicking the ball into the stands when they come and play in San Diego. <laughs> oh, that'd be perfect. I love they will put it, put it in their marketing material. Yeah, for sure. Yes, of course they, dude, they will. The way that they fan, they, they find fans for like certain behavior and then use footage of the, of the thing they find them for in promo material. MLS is so shameful about the type of thing. They will absolutely, if they find him, they will also use this in promo material and be like, thinking face like what are we expecting to see in sand like is is saint Clair gonna like blah, blah, blah? is we're, he gonna kick the ball in the stands we're gonna see it from uh, mls and we're gonna see it from minnesota and we're gonna see it from rsl like all of yeah. their marketing for the game is gonna and involve I, that i'm fine if which if, is if, great if rsl it. does it yeah I, it's so funny when mls does stuff like where they find people for doing things and then promote that type of thing it's yeah Ugh, but that's not, like that's what I love about MLS. MLS is so goofy and weird and backwards in a lot of ways, but also like does something like that. Like they'll find a player because they have to be like in charge. They have to be, you yeah. know, they have to punish somebody, but also they know that that's what makes the league marketable to people. So that's what they're going to show. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Trevor, it would just be funny if they find him first. Before uh, they did that. Trevor, a resident batting expert. Yeah. Um, have the market started to move on David Ochoa doing a DX crotch chop in the next <laughs> match? <laughs> Odds are fluctuating on that one. For okay. sure. Odds are going oh down a lot. Gosh, a lot of people put money so on that funny. one. Okay. Well, uh, sign me up. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll wire you some cold hard cash. You can't can wire, wire you cash. cash. Is that how it works? You can't know. wire cash. That would be so funny. And I think well, when we have our soapbox barbecue. Illegality about it. Yeah, mm. soapbox. Oh, soapbox barbecue. We should do that. Yeah. I know we talked about that for like the last two years, but like we should yeah, actually well, do COVID. that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Like, I, well, I get uh, it, but we've definitely talked about it for a while. We're at, we're at nearly an hour and a half here, guys. Which is about right. Oh. Yeah, it's about right. Wow. For yeah. our conversational yeah. podcast. Oh, are we going to um, talk about uh, who we're playing this week? Yeah, we're playing no. another team. Sporting. Sporting. Uh, home home opener. City. Big excitement. Hooray. Are you going to be there, Trevor? Um, I think I'm going to find out on about the 29th when media credentials come out. All right, good. Oh. I need to <laughs> sign up for that. I, I would not count on me being there. Fair enough. Wait, wait, is it a – it's an early game, right? Yeah, noon. Okay. Oh, is it noon? Holy cow. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. uh, I, guess, um, I guess we'll see you guys for breakfast then. <laughs> they're yeah. They're not doing the homebrew. They've postponed that to hopefully later in the season. Good. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, but once but they yeah, do the homebrew, I'm, I'll be there for sure. I'm super excited for. This we all game. know that's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, we're playing uh, Sporting, another one of our Western Conference rivals. 
Yeah, we've got we're pretty much rivals with everyone in the Western Conference at this point, other than Colorado uh, Rapids. <laughs> for a while there they were like not really a rival just because they sucked so bad yeah. um uh dallas is dallas a rival we just don't like anymore. austin or we just don't no, like uh, yeah i think the texas teams we don't really have a rivalry with yeah. anymore um maybe san jose isn't really a rival yeah, yeah i don't think so anymore. not since the bash brother days right yeah yeah i think that's but like i mean there's arguments we made about seattle portland la la Colorado, uh, Colorado, Minnesota, obviously. and sporting, sporting. Kansas and City, now, now this budding relationship that we have with Minnesota. Yeah, that's a, it's our new one. It's a beautiful thing. It is. Is there like some freeway that like does I eighty does I eighty go to Minnesota and call this? I'm like, very the, sure that it's at I mean, least two, maybe three freeways. They call us I hate each other. I I hate the. I eighty goes over it. to Chicago. It doesn't go up to Wisconsin. I Close. Take I ninety I eighty to I ninety four. We should we could call it the I eighty I ninety four battle. Yeah, that'd be good. I think that's the way that MLS would do this. Yeah, the and battle of the eighty to ninety freeways. That's <laughs> is there like a it's like a nineteen hour drive? That's terrible. Not going to do that. Yeah, no. my brother just drove uh, to Tennessee. I've been thinking about doing it. That's one of the places I want to go. I want to go. I mean, I'll I'm go, still, but I'll fly. Yeah. yeah. Why would you? Yeah. I well, okay. I like driving. I've flying across the country a bit of a like several times, when it comes but... to when you land, I guess. But all right, should we call time on this? Let's call time I, on this. According to the uh, the doc this week, um, we do need to take a potty break for Trevor. We can end <laughs> with a potty break for Trevor. Yeah, let's do that. Let's Thanks take a potty break to off the crossbar. I hope you enjoy our 17 other podcasts we have on the RSL Soapbox Network from Soapbox Breakfast on mornings of game days to Soapbox Brunch on brunch time before game days and Soapbox Lunch on lunchtime before game days. Do we have any others? Can no. we have others? No, we I would love to have more. I don't know about that. So I, think, I think 17 lunches. is plenty. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> soapbox second breakfast? Elevensies? <laughs> yes. Soapbox? No, I do yeah. want to say, just as the like kind of final thing before we go, if it's okay with you guys, I do want to clarify that... Yeah, you can end this. Everybody on the RSL show, we like all of them. There's definitely like some friendly banter back and forth, but those guys are all of our friends. Jake, oh, Josh, yeah. and the other guy over there as well. <laughs> <laughs> good night guys uh, good night hopefully we pay pick up this Sunday okay bye <laughs> <laughs>